Wedding ish, 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 with Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings ish with Jove. We wanted to take this time to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays to you and yours. Uh, we will be taking a small break for the holidays, so we won't have any episodes until mid-January, but we definitely hope you'll tune in then. This episode, we are super excited to share all the information you need to know about wedding room blocks at hotels. We, of course, have our Real Housewives Roundup, where we talk about the brand new first and second episode of the new season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I sit down with Jen Glentz, the founder of Bridesmaid for Hire. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, she is paid to be your bridesmaid, and she dishes on all of the stories from some of the craziest weddings she's yet to be paid to be a part of. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Weddings-ish! Hotel blocks. Hotel blocks can definitely be one of the more stressful decisions in planning a wedding, but I'm here to tell you that they don't have to be. If you're getting married in New York City or any major city in the United States, I'm going to be candid. I'm not sure that you actually need a wedding room block in 2016 or 2017. And the reason is, if anyone's heading to a major city for your wedding, it's likely they'll either stay with a friend, they have their preferred hotel chain that they love staying at to get their points, or just because they prefer a Marriott or a Starwood property, Um, Or finally, there's Airbnb. So there are so many methods of traveling and transportation and hotels and overnight options for guests that more and more guests aren't staying at the recommended block for couples. That being said, if you just want to offer a block to be kind, to be courteous, and for those who may use it, then absolutely you should do it. When doing it, we always recommend having two different price points. One price point a little bit higher, nicer, fancier, potentially that's where the couple will stay, and then one price point that's a little bit more affordable for guests who may want to stay longer or have a lower budget for traveling to your wedding. When doing a hotel room block, there are two things you want to consider. You want to make sure you're getting either a firm or a soft hold, and you want to make sure that you're getting the the exact room type that you're looking for. So whether that's a twin bed, a queen, two queens, a king, or a suite, you want to make sure you have all of that information before you reach out to hotels or have your planner reach out to hotels. I would say the most critical thing about a hotel room block is making sure that you get a hotel room block that is a soft hold. A soft hold means you are not financially responsible for those hotel rooms that do not get booked. So the pro there is that you're not wasting any of your own money or your family's money on rooms that go unused. The con there is that those rooms... That room block, the soft hold, the the price that you're guaranteed ends 30 to 45 days before the wedding. So I don't think that's a big deal, but you definitely just want to make sure that you put that on your website or in your invitation so people know to book and book early and book soon or they lose the deal. The other option is if you're really certain you're going to book all 10, 20, 30, 40 rooms for your wedding, then you can absolutely do a firm hotel block. But by doing that, you're guaranteeing all of the rooms for the entire weekend of the wedding and those rooms that are unsold, you're paying for. So I never really recommend it unless you are 100% certain that your friends and family will book up those rooms. One other thing to consider is people always ask me, well, Jove, what's going on with the room block? The price is really not much better than I can get online. And my friends are saying it's cheaper on Kayak or Travelocity. And I'll say that's absolutely right. By doing a room block with a hotel or with a planner, you're going to get about 10 to 15, maybe 20% off the listing price uh, from the hotel website. 
but it won't always be cheaper than buying it through one of those deal sites. The main difference is that through a deal site, you're paying upfront and there are no cancellations, there are no changes, um, so it's going to be cheaper. Whereas through the block, you're extended the same offer and the same courtesy as a normal hotel reservation where you can make changes free of charge, typically up until 24 to 48 hours before the beginning of the reservation. So if your friends or family know they're coming for sure, the cheapest way to go for the hotel is definitely one of those deal sites. But if they want to make sure they're part of the block, maybe in the same floor uh, as all the other guests, then definitely go through the block. Again, quick recap, you do not want to get a firm hold where you're paying or guaranteeing with your credit card. You want a soft hold. Start with seven to 10 rooms. See how well that goes. High end, low end, Also, don't stress yourself out about this. Put the link on the website. You've done your due diligence. There are more important things to move on to. Weddings-ish! The Real Housewives Roundup, all about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the first two episodes of this season. I guess I'll just lead with saying, I'm a little bored. After Orange County being so dramatic... I don't really know that there's anything Beverly Hills can do to be as dramatic or more dramatic. But rewinding, pretending like I never saw Orange County or Melbourne or any of the other really dramatic episodes or series, um, we'll just review one and two really quickly. Episode one, we start off with Kyle and her rose gold Birkenstocks. I'll take a pair. And is it just me or did she get a boob job? Her tits look huge. Um, Lisa Vanderpump has yet again a new pet, Harrison the dog which is so beautiful and so cute and so fluffy. Uh, We also meet a brand new castmate, Dorit, not to be confused with Dorito, which a couple of people did. Uh, She's BFFs with Boy George, who like lives with her, which is kind of confusing. I don't know if that's like for TV or for real life, but... um, I didn't know he was that hard up that he'd had to live with his agent uh, in their home. But whatever, it is what it is. Um, Erica Jane turning 45, unbelievable. She looks so good, and her party was so beautiful. That Studio 54 party, the disco balls everywhere, unlimited budget. All I'm going to say is she hired the wrong planner. If people have to wait in line for a drink and there's no food for the guests who want it, and your budget was unlimited, something went wrong. And they definitely short-staffed that party. So Erica Jane, next time you want to celebrate the right way, call Jove, Jove Meyer Events. We got you. Um, I did love hearing that Yolanda is 75% better on her way to a full recovery. I think that that is super wonderful. And I do miss her on the show and hope, you know, maybe she'll pop in and out of this season. Uh, Because last season, she got divorced. Um, And then all of a sudden she's gone. So I really want to know what happened in the aftermath and her health and all the wonderful things that I hope are coming in her future. But let's talk about the new girl, Dorit. Um, I don't know. She's fine, I guess. She seems a little boring to me with her kept life and her nannies and her hairdresser and her assistants and her house cleaners. Um, We don't really see her interacting with her very young children. We see her sort of managing her help. Um, maybe she'll get more interesting. Not really sure. In season, um, episode two of, of this season, uh, she definitely has an amazing surprise party. Um, and at her party, Erica walks in in a t-shirt dress and Dorit is like, uh, did you not get the dress code? And my favorite is Erica Jane is like, this is straight off the Mosquito runway. Like, you don't know who you are. You don't have taste. You've been in Beverly Hills for a minute don't come for me. Like, I love Erica Jane. She's my spirit animal. And I just adore her. Um, Okay, so season, this new season, episode one was a birthday party. Episode two was a birthday party. I'm sort of over the birthday parties. And I hope that we can move on to something a little bit more interesting. Um, Not as interesting as the young and the restless. I'm thrilled that Erica Jane is going to be on it. That was the best birthday gift that came from Eileen. Um, And how crazy they've had 11,000 episodes. She's been on that show since before I was born. She started in 1982. That's like really crazy when you think about it. 
Anyways, um, so episode two was also kind of boring. Also cars. Uh, Dorit got a car for her birthday. Uh, You know, no big deal. Just a rose gold Bentley. Just a quarter of a million dollars. And then Kyle has her Lamborghini. Her and Mauricio are rolling in it. His real estate business must be doing really well. Um, We're considering buying a plane. Give us your advice on planes. And she has a Lamborghini. Listen, good for you, girl. Live that life. Um, And episode one and two are available now on Bravo. I don't know. I hope it gets better. I'm going to hang on because I'm a believer and I love me some Real Housewives. But please kick it up a notch. Weddings-ish! I am super excited to be sitting across from the beautiful and sweet Jen Glantz, the founder and creator of Bridesmaid for Hire. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be in your apartment chatting with you. It's so good to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I have to admit, I, so of course I'm a rom-com fanatic, right? Like I love rom-coms. I love movies about love and marriage. And of course, I'm sure all the time, 27 Dresses comes up for you. Oh yeah. Because in the quick version, what do you do? So I am an actual hired bridesmaid. So strangers all over the country will Uh hire me to be a bridesmaid, put on the dress, and walk down the aisle at their wedding. And that is so amazing and fascinating. And I want to dive into that fully, but I just wanted to get it out first. Um, And I can confirm she has been hired. I walked into your apartment and you have some dresses from the weddings that you've worn. I do. Which we'll get into. (laughs) That's so crazy. But let's rewind first um, and talk a little bit about you. Where did you go to college? You don't study to be a bridesmaid like Mm. how did we get to where we are oh you know it was quite the long journey because I went to college at the University of Central Florida in Uh Orlando right by Disney World and I majored in poetry which is the most shocking major to have when you grow up to be a bridesmaid for hire but I love words I love writing them reading them and when you're 18 years old choosing a major I just thought poetry was the route to go with Okay. So you studied poetry. You're 18, living in Central Florida. Did you ever work at Disney? I didn't. didn't. I love Disney movies. I love going to Disney. But when you live there and you go there like once a month, it kind of loses a little bit of magic. That's true. I'm from Southern California. We have a Disneyland. Yeah. You have the world. We have though. the world. It's a different story. Totally different. So graduated college with a degree in poetry. And how did you get from Florida to New York City? Oh, I wish it was a straight line, but I actually spent a year living in Los Angeles. And okay. why that's important to this story is because my job was pretty weird back then too. Okay. Uh, I was hired to work as a consultant for a sorority. So I didn't know sororities had consultants. Who knew this could be a job <laughs> that a poetry major could possibly get, but sure. it was the only really thing I could get. And what I did was I worked for the sorority. I lived in LA and my job was to go to a new college every week and work with sorority women. Okay. So I led workshops. I did leadership development. Uh-huh. I was almost like their 23-year-old coach on how to get through college and, and be a good sorority woman without drinking too much or just uh-huh. getting in trouble. And uh, it was at that age when I realized I had a love for helping strangers and really weird situations. Okay, and were you a sorority girl yourself? I was. I was like the least likely sorority girl in the world at 18. I was this punk emo kid who loved, you know, music and lyrics, and I somehow decided as a joke to join a sorority. And then Uh, you loved it. And then I loved it, and I became (laughs) the vice president of, you know, community service and president, and yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. I mean, you look today like you could belong, like blonde hair. Right. (laughs) Like, you give me sorority girl, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Back then at 18, I mean, I was so shy. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. talk to anybody. I I didn't have many friends. I never liked big clubs or a lot of women at once in one room. So the idea of joining a sorority was a dare. It was a joke. And uh, it really made me grow up very fast and and really love learning about women and helping them because... Man, we go through so much. So uh, I I loved that aspect of it. And a community in college is like, it's easy. It's easier than making friends from scratch when there are tons of people on campus. Oh, yeah. It it allows you not only to have access to women of all ages. So you meet people who are freshmen, but also seniors. It also allows you to have a support system. I mean, people look at sororities and think it's all about drinking and Uh hooking up with guys. And it could be. Yeah, Yeah, it could be if that's what you're into it for. But for me, it was almost like, hey, I need to be around people who can mentor me because I'm 18 and I am so lost. Clueless. Clueless. I'm clearly majoring in poetry. (laughs) So I really didn't know what I was doing. 
during I might life. be expecting a poem by the end of yeah. this. Just so you know if you can come up with a quick oh, sonnet man. or something off the top of your head. Pressure's on. Yeah, none at all. So, okay, so then you worked for a sorority through your connections. Yeah. And what happens next? That's in LA. So after that, uh, it was a one-year job, and then they ship you back home. So I moved back home to my parents' house in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca. Yeah, and if you know Boca, it means you probably have a grandparent there. Exactly. Yeah, so it, it, I mean, I was the only 24-year-old living back at home with my parents. All my friends were uh, moved on. They went to grad school. They were dating people for years. And I was back at home applying for every possible job in the world. Mm -hmm. Everything from dressing mannequins at Forever 21 to anything that would pay, you sure. know, a anything. Job. A job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, very long story short, I, I found myself in New York working in nonprofit PR uh, as <laughs> okay. my one-way ticket to this <laughs> fabulous city. Okay, so nonprofit PR. Yeah. And then from there, how did you dive into weddings? Oh, uh, I went from PR to eventually a startup to realizing that I needed to create my own opportunities because uh -huh. every job I had was doing one thing and one thing only. Uh, and I was the kind of person who wanted to do more than one thing from nine to five. So mm -hmm. on the side, I started writing a ton. And, uh, you know, what happened was I mentioned all my friends were in these relationships. They all got engaged. I was in a sorority, so I knew a lot of women. And I was always the chosen bridesmaid. I mean, it was absurd. I think in one year alone, I was a bridesmaid like six times. In one year? In one year. And For friends for all friends. over, the, they got married all over the country? Or? Everywhere but New York. So of it course. became very expensive. To be a bridesmaid. Oh, yeah. And uh, what happened was one night in particular, two people asked me to be a bridesmaid and they weren't close friends. Like, you know when you have those friends who you speak to maybe once a year? Sure. Maybe you were close with You're like, friendly. five years ago. You're friendly. You're like half yeah. acquaintance, half like, I love you forever, but mm -hmm. we don't talk Uh Two of those kinds of people asked me to be a bridesmaid on the same exact day. That's like insane. An hour apart. And Creatively, came, or they just text you? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. One of them uh, gave me a ring pop, which I've gotten many times before, saying, will you be my bridesmaid? Okay. Um, and the other one, I think she just FaceTimed me, and I, I hung up really quickly because I didn't know what to say. I wanted to say no, just because I was, um, I, I just was confused. You know, why me? And yeah. I came home, I told my roommate, and she looked at me, and she goes, you are a professional bridesmaid. She's like, these girls don't like you, Jen. She's like, they just know you're good at being a bridesmaid. Like they know that you're going to show up. They know that you're, you know, you don't go crazy. You don't drink a lot. Like they know you're a professional at this and that you'll be good at it. And that's yeah. why they asked you. And that's when the light bulb went off in my head. And I wondered, I'm good at this. Maybe I could do this for strangers. Okay. I mean, they were not necessarily strangers, but they were sort of strange. They were estranged from your life. Yeah, it was almost like if these women are asking me to be a bridesmaid, it's because they needed, you know, someone who was going to be reliable. Yeah. They needed a support system that they didn't yeah. have from their close friends. So sure. maybe that was the case with strangers. I didn't know. I thought, you know, maybe there were other women in the world who were in that situation. They had close friends, but they were, you know, Looney Tunes and they didn't yeah. have anyone just to really support them. To actually do the work. Right. So maybe they needed it. Because on the back end for people who don't know, to be a bridesmaid is quite expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean... What's expected of you, not in a paid situation, but when you're just be my bridesmaid, like as a girl, what does that mean for you? It is a money sucker. I mean, you are buying the bridesmaid dress. Then mm -hmm. you're buying a slew of gifts from engagement gifts to bridal shower gifts. You're buying a wedding gift, a yep. bachelorette party. You're buying a flight, a hotel, the decorations, the, the booze, the food for the bride. I mean, honestly, it's no joke that you can spend over a thousand dollars on a person for their wedding. And easy. Easy. And even if you try hard to budget, unless you say no to things, which you should, you're going to run up a tab. And if you're yeah. doing this four or five times a year, which a lot of women are, it's sure. very common, you're going to go broke. Yeah. I mean, and you did six in one year of real friends. I did. And my mom kept saying to me, when are you going to say no? Like, you don't yeah, have this money. You can't afford this. I fully support myself. I pay all my bills. Yeah. And she's like, you are crazy. Like, this yeah. is precious money and time off of your full-time job yeah. you're taking for other people's weddings. Why yeah. don't you take that money? Focus on your own love life. Yeah. You know, get a get a dating account for how much you're spending or a matchmaker. You could Do be a sugar mama. Right. You know, like anything but everyone else's love life. And yeah. that's what it was really 
That was what, that was what was happening back then. Okay, so then of the two that called on the same day, did you say yes to either or both? I said maybe to one and yes to another. The maybe ended up being a yes, but of course, of course. I feel like you can't say no. You can, and I wish I did because honestly, I we we didn't speak. We actually lived five blocks away, and we never saw each other. Oh, that's that's yeah. inexcusable. You could get coffee, oh, you could get a drink. It's so easy. So easy, and. After the wedding, you know, after it was all said and done, we never spoke again. She never reached out to say thank you for everything. And oh. we've never spoke. It's been oh, it's been over two years. and That's crazy. Yeah, it's like that's why you shouldn't have bridesmaids you're half friends yeah. with because the wedding won't repair your relationship. No. It'll tear you further apart. Yeah, because it's crazy. I think yeah. it's more stressful than the wedding planner relationship. It is because you rely on your friends for the emotional support. Yeah. Support, which... Yeah, they can fall apart in front of you and oh, it's yeah. normal. And they do. Yeah, <laughs> which I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it when I... I first started my company, friends came out of the woodwork Mm -hmm. and I would get invitations to weddings and phone calls from people who I didn't really know. I mean, I knew them, but we weren't friendly. Yeah. Like if they had gotten married, I had zero expectation of being invited. And that would then turn to like, oh, we'd love it if you also want to maybe like help us plan. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I haven't heard from you in years. And now you want me to like work for free? Oh, yeah. Not going to happen. I get a lot of invitations now to weddings with plus ones. And I'm always thinking there's a catch to this, right? And then a month later, I get a list of questions. Can I do this? Do you know this? And it's like... Oh man, you know, yeah. I, I feel like it's it's becoming business and personal is getting mixed. It's a it's a it's a hard thing to blend when yeah. you are your business. Oh yeah, and you're in the wedding industry. I mean, you're the bridesmaid for hire. Mm-hmm. So your friend sort of planted a seed, and you thought, oh my gosh, this could be something. Yeah. Did you then quit your job or keep on your job and like try to do both, or how did that happen? So I got this crazy idea, and I realized if I tell anybody about this, they're going to call me crazy, and I'm never going to do it. For sure. Like, naturally, I was like, she's crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't blame anyone to think that. I mean, it's a really ludicrous idea to Uh want to do this for a stranger. So um, that's why I went to a ludicrous place to try it out. I I went on Craigslist on a Friday night by myself, posted an ad off offering my services to strangers. Um, I didn't tell anybody Your bridesmaid services. It sounds like it's totally something else. Oh, gotta be specific. Hi, Mom. I know you're watching, listening to this. (laughs) you just listen back. I went on late at night and posted about my services. Oh, man. That could dig me into a hole. (laughs) It totally could. We're not there, though. Oh, God. Um, So I posted my bridesmaid services, Mm -hmm. and um, I wrote this ad saying, hey, I'm really good at being a bridesmaid. I'll help you pee in your wedding dress, which is remarkably hard. It's a whole thing. I have to do it sometimes. it's, It's hard. And no one's like, you're gay, come with me. Right. Oh, yeah. You're probably the number one on their list. I'm like, yeah, but I don't even know where your pee hole is. I don't want to touch your pee. No. Yeah, I I charge extra for this. (laughs) I'll lift the dress and look away. (laughs) I wrote about that and I wrote about dancing with the drunk uncle and things that no one talks about but that happen at weddings. Sure. I closed my computer. I didn't tell a soul about it. Oh um, Not even your mom? No. Oh God. My mom, well, growing up, she said her like her number one rule was never go on Craigslist for anything. That's probably fair. Yeah. So I knew when you know I posted this ad, two days later it went viral, and um, I had to call her before she saw it for herself on the news, or her friend from like a card game called her. So... I called her and I was like, mom, I'm really sorry. I have to tell you something. Like you told me never go on Craigslist and she's having like heart Heart palpitations. palpitations. She's like a Jewish mother. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, where are you? I was going to guess Jewish, but I didn't want to. Oh yeah. She's like, how much do I have to pay to get you out of this situation? You know, do we need a lawyer? Um, And I was like, no, no, no. It's it's the opposite. People are going to pay me to be a bridesmaid. And she was like, thank God. You know? Yeah. She was thrilled. She was thrilled. And she was like, I love this idea. Yeah. Um, And she knew that you've been going to so many weddings anyway. Yeah. She's like, finally, you're getting a paycheck for what you do almost every weekend. Yeah. You know? So what do you mean it went viral? Oh, my God. So um, I posted the ad. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And uh, what happened was secret, I was... Secret, shameless, totally Craigslist secret. post. Yeah. I was at my full-time job that Monday on Gchat, and a friend Gchatted me an article about a girl posting an ad about being a bridesmaid for hire on Craigslist. And she's like, Jen, this is you. And I read the article. It's a screenshot of my ad. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is me. And she's like, I know you should have thought of this first. And I was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. It actually is this me. This is me. That's my you ad. Know? Yeah. And I guess the ad just got so oh much attention gosh. that BuzzFeed picked it up. And within like a couple days, 
50 different news places it went viral literally literally people were calling my parents house in florida asking if they could talk to me um because you didn't have a photo on there i didn't have a photo or my name so uh, just like a fake email like a bridesmaid for hire at gmail.com i actually chose do i get a plus one at (laughs) gmail.com creative creative (laughs) oh yeah so i got uh i got a lot of media attention but in addition to that i got a lot of brides who emailed me saying i'm getting married in a month or next year and i desperately need someone to be there or to talk to because I'm, I'm alone. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's the thing that comes to my mind first is, and I don't mean any offense to anybody, but when I think hiring a bridesmaid is sort of hiring a friend. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like it's a little bit of a, a sad moment if mm. someone doesn't have a friend to be that person, so they have to hire someone. Is yeah. that the wrong way to think about it? Or is that sometimes the case. You know, a lot of people do think that, and I I totally get it. It sounds like if you need this service, you must have messed up somewhere in your life. But a lot of women who hire me have five other bridesmaids. They have really close friends. Oh, interesting. You're not the only one. I'm not the only one. I mean, there are cases when, yeah, I am the only one. And there's always a story behind everything. But in the case when she has five other bridesmaids, it's mostly like, hey, I don't want to bother them. Like, I want them to actually have fun. Yeah, I don't want to call them crying about things they don't care about. And on the day of, like, I don't want them helping me make sure my hair looks good. I want them to go get drunk. So, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, I want to take the burden off my friends and sometimes it's also my friends need a lot of help I need a sane person in the room yeah Yeah. I need you to be able to to make sure they don't fight each other yeah Um, so there's multiple reasons and rarely is it because the bride has no friends occasionally it it is so it's more logistical and sort of supportive as a role than a friendship role I say you know I'm your on-call therapist so I'm the one you tell you have cold feet to which happens more than you think yeah Uh, I'm the personal assistant so I'll run to CVS if you forgot you know your eyelash glue and mm-hmm. I'm the social director I'll plan the bachelorette party and I'll make sure the strippers you know twerking in your face if you want that yeah uh, and I'm the peacekeeper because there's never ever been a wedding that I've been to where um there hasn't been some kind of drama attached between to the it. bridesmaids or just in general in general okay yeah whether wow. it's wedding vendors or bridesmaids mother of the groom Parents. the groom yeah. himself yeah guests Um, Always something goes on. There's always somebody who needs a pep talk or a calm down talk. So what does someone pay for something like that? I mean, your services range. Mm -hmm. If you're saying you're doing the bachelorette party, that's sometimes close to the wedding, sometimes far Mm -hmm. away from the wedding. Yeah. They're not all in New York City. You Mm -hmm. travel. Like, do you bill hourly? Is it a flat fee? Like, how how does that work? It's a great question. So I have so many packages, everything from virtual bridesmaid, where we just talk virtually. We never meet. I'm your consultant, your therapist, all that. Catfish bridesmaid. Catfish bridesmaid. (laughs) To actually being there, walking down the aisle. So Uh it starts starts at 300 for virtual, and then in person is 1,500 and up, plus travel and all that fun stuff. But um, there's different packages for different people. And I found that the more popular ones are usually the in-person ones. So um, that's had me traveling all over the country to help brides I I never would have met before if I didn't have this business. So you spend a full weekend with them? I mean, are you doing, I mean, even sometimes more, because if you're doing the bachelorette party on like Wednesday, Mm -hmm. welcome dinner Friday, wedding Saturday, brunch Sunday... And that yeah. starts at $1,500? Well, sometimes it's actually more spread out. So, you know, if it's... Um, sometimes I don't actually go to the bachelorette party, but sure. sometimes... You plan it, but you may not be right. there. Right. And, and we, I say that some brides hire me 11 months before the wedding. Some hire me three months before the wedding. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. So sometimes I'll go to the bachelorette party in August. The wedding's in December. Um, and that'll be different pricing. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'm there just for the rehearsal dinner and the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I Zoom right out. But yeah. um, it's all very different. That's why in a business like this, it's, it's really like custom packages based on how many hours. I mean, the most simple way I do it is how much hour, how many hours is it going to take for me to plan to do before? And then how many hours will I be spending doing the job on the actual days? And that's how I figure out, you know, my pricing and my packages. That, no, that makes total sense. It's interesting because I mean, I'm a planner designer, so Mm -hmm. it's a similar, the work ahead of time and the work on the day of. Over the years, I've come up with a list of things I do not do. Ooh, I like this list. (laughs) Do you have that list or is literally, okay, you do. What are some things you do not do? I think at first, uh, what happened was people were mistaking this job as someone they could just hire to do everything. To be their planner. To be not only their planner, but just their life assistant. So I had someone hire me who wanted me to like book her lunch reservations and hair appointments totally on. For a year. (laughs) For a year, but like totally not wedding related. And I, I had to say to her, I'm like, listen, like this isn't 
isn't like a personal assistant for like yeah. booking system, I'm you not know, your personal assistant. right. I mean, that's a whole other person. So, um, there's things like that, that I have to set boundaries about, I, you know, with this kind of business too, uh, you do build a relationship. You are friends. So brides will text me at four o'clock in the morning or at, you know, 9 PM on a Saturday with a picture or a question. So I have to set a lot of ground rules of when I'm going to respond mm-hmm. and let them know that this is not a 24 seven job. Yeah. Um, as for on the day of the wedding, man, I need to start saying no to a lot of things. I've yeah. had to climb ladders, do things. I've had to um, do really gross things on the job that I guess are now part of the job description rather yeah. than my list of don'ts. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I think you live and you learn. Yeah. Um, you know, like I don't do after parties anymore. Mm. If you want me to, I've just worked 16 hours. Yeah. If you want two yeah. extra hours when my body wants to kill me. Yeah. Absolutely at a premium price. Correct. <laughs> because, yeah, it's fun and you're wasted, but it's not, not fun for, for me. You. <laughs> and your feet are killing you by then. <laughs> yeah. You want to go home and sleep. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like you. little things like that, that when I first started, I was like, anything you want. Yeah. And then you sort of live and you learn because someone pushes you too far or yeah. asks you for too much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I make those mistakes all the time. Like I, I book weddings on holidays and I think that I don't shouldn't charge more for that. And you then, should absolutely. I know that I'm <laughs> there on the holiday and I'm like, this is bizarre. Yeah. Like, I don't even know these people and I'm yeah. getting paid nothing, you know? Yeah. So you definitely, I think as a business owner, you have to make mistakes. Um, it's just a matter of when you're going to stop making them and when you're going to get smart. Yeah. So how do you keep track of all of your brides? I mean, I feel like, I mean, I don't do a million weddings a year, but like I have spreadsheets yeah. and I have files, mm-hmm. but like, what if you have three Danielles or yeah. two Michelles? <laughs> like, how do you, yeah. how do you manage all of that? Oh man. So sometimes I have two weddings on a weekend and I'm flying to different states for them. So I have, and I oftentimes will hire women to come with me as bridesmaids. So I have Excel sheets. I have. Oh, so you've now recruited friends. Yeah. So well, if they want like a wedding party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Sometimes they'll hire two or three. So I print out like a file that has everything That's about the bride, what the backstory is, uh-huh. all that jazz. And oftentimes I'm, you know, memorizing, setting that before the wedding and on the plane ride. But it gets tricky if there's two weddings in one weekend yeah. to not be like, Danielle or Michelle, like, which one? Where am I? Who's who? <laughs> Who's who? Like, what, what am I doing today? So it's a lot of focus, I'd say. And yeah. also um, prep. You really have to know what you're walking into. and. Yeah be prepared to start again the next day, which is really challenging. Do they get to pick like ethnicities or languages Mm. or height or like they feel insecure about their weight so they want four really big girls? You know what I mean? Or they don't want anyone taller than them. Like how detail oriented can they be? So that was one of the things initially when I started the business that I was like, I am not making this a modeling service or anything of that nature. A casting agency. This is not that. So I get requests all the time saying, can you send me a bridesmaid who looks like this? Or Uh can you show me pictures of who you have? And I'm like, call someone else. You know, this is more of emotional support. We're not here to look pretty in pictures. It's a huge misconception. We're here to be there for you in a whole different way than just looks. It's more support. So, you know, you get who you get and and that's really it. Um, I really wanted to make a distinction early on that this is not that kind of service. Got it. um, Which people don't know about and they but think I wonder different. if there's a need for it, if there's a market like if it's yeah. a natural extension of your brand you live in New York City there's a million actors of every yeah. race creed and color and sexual oh, yeah. orientation yeah like if and I and to some extent I get it like if yeah. it's just being like I want to be the skinniest bitch in this room so I want all everyone else bigger yeah. <laughs> I get that but yeah. that's a little crazy but if it's like well I'm Latina and all my girls are Latina like I don't need some random token white yeah. girl you know, you know but I've I mean? worked I've worked so many culturally different weddings than what I am uh, and I was the only you know white bridesmaid mm-hmm. in the whole bride's bridal party but the bride was okay with that and yeah. um, I maybe there is a need for it and I'm sure that you know someone might be able to do that better but I just didn't want to get into that. Sure. I, I really loved doing this for people and helping people and, and less about the looks part of it. Yeah. Um, so you know that was one thing that I really wanted to be clear about and I turned down requests all the time so maybe if someone starts that kind of business I'll forward them a lot of these requests yeah because you're not interested (laughs) totally not interested got it and so then have you ever uh, worked with a gay couple like that wants I've done two oh my god that's amazing yeah I did um a one couple from Australia who got married in Times Square and I was they're actually their only bridesmaid um that was such a cool experience because it's not legal in uh, Australia and mm-hmm. they also never been to America before. So 
Times Square was one of the best places for them to get married. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not in my opinion, but yeah, I get it. Like, you get, I it. get like, it. Like it's just it's a whirlwind of it's a everything. Lot. Um, I did a, I did a wedding for um, a lesbian couple uh, last year, and that was a really cool experience too because um, a lot of these couples, especially you know in the gay community, they've been together for a really long time, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and their love is very different and very strong, very yeah. very strong. I mean, the couple from Australia had been together seventeen years. Wow. Um, and I just find that, you know, I see people get married all the time. I see people get married for different reasons. And those two weddings in particular were some of the most magical. And mm-hmm. that's hard for someone like me or maybe even you to say because you, you see people. see so many. Yeah. So. And do people often or mistakenly think you also do planning? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> not just sort of bachelorette and day of. Because you don't do day of coordinating. I do. I do some day of coordinating totally separate. Okay. Um, it's just something that I do pretty, you know, on the side. I work some weddings uh, doing just day of coordinating. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't do wedding planning. I don't do the full extension of all that. I never set out to do that. I'm not yeah. interested in that. I'm not very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, in, in those cases, I pass those requests along or um, just decline them. I'm not trying to be who I'm not trying to be. Sure. Day of coordinating is something I like to do for fun. I'm very, you know, detail oriented. I love the stress and chaos of keeping things on timeline mm-hmm. and all that jazz. But uh, planning, God bless wedding planners and designers, because <laughs> that is a job in itself. And yeah. if anything, my role is to help them out so that they don't have to deal with the people with going as much crazy. crazy. Yeah. Because they, they have a lot to do. And yeah. the last thing you want to do is bother your wedding planner crying about, you know, cold feet or something because yeah. they have a lot to pull off in a very small amount of time. Yeah. So you said earlier that more brides than you would have imagined get cold feet. Yeah. So like in what percentage of the mm. of the brides that you've worked with? Wow, you know, I've had um I don't know, like I would say obviously I guess like less than 50%, so not the majority. Well, wait, has anyone ever called it off? Oh, yeah. Um, Your clients? Yes. <gasps> I've had clients call it off months before. But I've, not the day of, like, you're there and they well, tell I've had, me everything. Goodness. Wait, so you don't sign NDAs? Uh, uh, well, I don't talk, like, name or anything Sure, like yeah, that. we're not revealing. Yeah, so... I don't care um, who they are. I just right. want to hear about it. Yeah, I had one couple who... um you know, five minutes before the ceremony, she pulls me into a room and I'm like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? You know, and she's not going to get my tip. Right. Like, <laughs> ah, this is crazy. And she sits me down and she's like, I don't want to do this. I hate him. What? He's a liar. Oh my gosh. And I don't want to marry him. Day of the wedding. Five minutes before, before the she's going to go down the aisle. Everybody's sitting down. Oh. The pastor is like begging us to tell him where she is and why we're, you know, it's late. And she, her maid of honor is pounding on the door, screaming, open the door. Like, I want to talk to you. You don't need to talk to this girl, Jen, about this. Like, let me talk to you. And the bride doesn't want to talk to anyone but me. And Well, also, that's interesting because you're neutral. I'm neutral. Listen, like, I don't care if you get married or not. I doesn't want you to do your life. Right. I want you to do what you want to do. And nobody else in your life has that opinion. They no, want you to go. No, or that relationship. Right. They want you down that aisle. They're emotionally it's embarrassing. connected. Exactly. Yeah. That's really interesting, the psychology of your being a total outsider in that relationship. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's I realized this because I always did this. I tell strangers things I never would tell my friends. A lot For of sure. people do. And that's because strangers don't know what to say to make you happy. They mm-hmm. just will say the truth. They don't care as much. Yeah. And you go to them because they won't you know, hold it against you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So here I am with this bride who is saying, I don't want to do this. He's a liar and I hate him. Um, I'm shaking uncontrollably, secretly. Yeah. But I say to her, I'm like, listen, like, you don't have to. I'll call an Uber and we'll go home. I'll take you out to dinner, you know? Yeah. Um, so I go, but before we do we'll any go of to that, the Red Lobster. Yeah, Olive Garden, my treat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I say, you know, before we do that, I'm going to lock you and him in the room for 10 minutes. And, and I just, just want you out. to talk it out. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, get past the maid of honor, get past the best man who's like practically about to pay me more money, like pay me off to make this happen. Sure. Uh, and I shove the groom in the room with her. And after 10 minutes, you know, she comes out and she says I don't love him I don't want to do this but I'm going to go through with it because I have 300 people waiting for me and that's just that um she her a lot of her family was from West Africa so they took a pretty long plane ride to To get get here yeah and um she went through with it but it was one of those weddings where like every single thing went wrong it was as if the universe was like 
why are you doing this? Yeah. It rained. It was an outdoor wedding. No covering. It rained. They um, didn't have a rain plan? No. No, no. planner. Yeah. Yeah. And it. she she like did all the planning herself. And then yeah. the cake, it was like a three-tiered cake. It like fell on the floor. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> it was as if like the universe was conspiring against this sure. wedding and I, I on my way out this guy is chasing me the best man chases me and he hugs me he's like thank you so much for you know getting her to do this and I just look at him and I'm like I didn't get her to do anything you know yeah. and it's not my job it's not my job and and good luck to them and you but like don't interfere with someone's life, life. period and yeah. I just realized that people need more neutral people in their life because your friends sometimes enter you into bad situations mm-hmm. because they want to do what's most comfortable for everybody. Yeah, and, what's least awkward. Right. And, um, you know, and, and she did it, but a lot of people do it and then reverse it. <laughs> and, sure. Um, you can get an annulment yeah, or whatever. And that, that's, that's common too. Um, I have friends who have been married less than a year who are getting divorced already. And yeah. I don't think there's anything embarrassing about that or wrong about that. I don't think we can judge other people or their love. No, I mean, I think people change and yeah. sort of who you are when you're 21 and 25 and 30 are mm-hmm. generally three different people. Oh, yeah. Drastically, right? Yep. I think of myself and what I thought, <laughs> even like fashion sense, right? Yeah. Like what I thought was so chic when oh, I was God. 21 mm-hmm. is very different 10 years later what I think is chic today. Sure. So how is my romantic or personal love life not going to also yeah. evolve or change? Sure. Um, so it's really interesting. but. Yeah. Wow. It scares so me for my you... own personal love life, too. For sure. Well, are you dating? Are you single? Are you oh, married? Man. Oh, man. I have was like the perpetually single person for most of my 20s, which I think was a good thing because like you said, people change. And I changed a lot from 21 to 24. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I did a lot of weird dating. I went to a matchmaker. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, had my mom run my dating account for me. To, what? Yeah. No, that's Jewish mom next level. Right. That oh, is yeah. literally Because she was like, how can you not? Level. Meet somebody, and I was like, "How? Here's my J date account. Find me someone." And yeah. even she was like, "Oh goodness gracious!" You're like, "I'm a writer, right? I'm not bad on the eye. Right. Like, I have <laughs> a like, job, so like, what? I didn't. I'm not doing anything wrong." She just, you know, so she. I, I went through a lot, and um, also when you go to all these weddings and you you see some of these horror stories yeah. and. It really affects your your you know view on love, but um, I am dating someone now for nine months, which is wow. like the longest I've ever dated anyone. Nine months, yeah. is the longest ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just think um, I'm so picky. something's working. Something's working, and I think it's just the fact that I've approached love in the way where you have to give up, like you have to give up yourself, and just this notion of trying to be someone and make things yeah. perfect. I'm like, here I am. I'm Jen. I'm a mess. You want to stick around? Great. Um, and it's almost like this attitude of like, this is exactly who I am. Please know that in months one through four, because yeah. I don't want us to be in this long relationship and if you it's not, not know. Work. Yeah, yeah. Like here's, here's everything. And like, if you, you can take it all and, yeah. and deal with it, like, cool. So I think that's why this works is because for the first time I'm so unguarded. I'm like, this is my baggage and this is my life. Uh, and, and he's the kind of person who likes this adventure. And I don't know why. But I think it's also the right way to go. It is. I mean, I am also almost in, a, it's eight months. Ooh, so we're in we're a very there. similar boat. Yeah. I've been single for a long time as my career went up, my oh, dating yeah. life plateaued. Likewise. And I think it's definitely like in the dating world, you're always trying, like if you really like someone, mm-hmm. not that you're putting on airs or being someone you're not, but you're being the best version oh, yeah. of who you want them to think you are mm-hmm. or the best version of who you think you are. Oh, yeah. As opposed to like who you actually are, which is probably pretty great. Right. And I think you spend so much time creating this version of yourself and, you know, you tiptoe around so much mm-hmm. that what do you get four months in? And then you both are kind of like, what, what's going on? Who are you? And yeah. What's happening? I guess, yeah, I get, I got to an age where I was the last single person I knew. All my friends were married and I just started to say to myself, I don't care if I find someone, but yeah. if I do find someone, I want it to be someone who fully gets me because yeah. If not, what's the point? Yeah. I like spending time by myself. And if I don't want to, you, you don't know, need I don't someone need to someone. Be happy. You get, you know, in your early 20s, you're like, I need, I need, yeah. I need. And I'm then lonely. you get, yeah, and then you get to a certain age where you're like, I can fully support myself. I can yeah. do everything myself. I don't need somebody. But if yeah. there is somebody, he better be awesome. Yeah. And he better fully understand everything that I am, which, yeah. which is a lot. Before you sign on. Before you sign on. It's interesting because that's what you do when you buy a car, mm-hmm. when you buy a house. Like yeah. you don't just show up and like 
make a decision right away. No. Like you learn, you invest, and yeah. then you make a decision. I, I, I fully agree with that. And um, I do believe in love at first sight, but I think we often confuse that as, you know, being so enamored with the wrong person mm-hmm. so quickly. And I had a lot of those where oh, fell yeah. in love so quickly. And a lot it, of wrongs don't make a right. Right. And you fall in love for the wrong reasons. Yeah, because they're hot. Yeah, because they're hot <laughs> or because they're like edgy. They don't have a I dated yeah. so many guys with no jobs. Oh, I could never. That's oh, like but on I thought the it list. was like so great. I'm like, oh, no job. Like you're traveling the world. Cool. And then you're like, I'll join you. Right. Oh, I, oh, goodness. I've said that so many that times. fantasy but you know I think it comes to the point when you're like I want someone who's stable and it's less about what you want and just meeting that person where you're like okay and um you know how I met my boyfriend now is in February I had a goal of going on 14 first dates I just had to get over some hot guy like for February Valentine's February. the 14th yeah. like that or why did you pick 14 I figured it was an absurd amount of first dates to it go is. on and uh, also Valentine's Day, yeah. and um, I hit the goal, and I met nobody. Uh, I hate, not hated, but I didn't, I didn't like anybody enough sure. to see them again after the 14 dates, and I went to delete my dating app. 14 first dates. 14 first dates. Yeah. I went to delete my dating app, and I had one guy, we were expiring, our match was expiring, and he gave me his number. He said- Coffee meets bagel? It was Hinge. Okay. Yeah, he said- So many out there. So many. He said- text me if you want. And I was like, I'm not going to text a guy first. But then I'm like, okay, what's date 15? You know, texted this guy and was like, meet me for coffee tomorrow at 12 if you want. (laughs) Because he said, text me if you want. Right. And he's like, okay, Jen, like I'll be there. (laughs) So it was actually lucky number 15 that I am. I met this person, but you know, you never know. And uh, sometimes you got to do weird things to find your match. That's totally true. Were any of your brides that have hired you did they always try to set you up or am I unique in that world? When I was single, it was like, oh my God, you're gay and single. He's gay and single. (gasps) Gotta be a match. It's gotta be a match. (laughs) You know what? They, they tried. And, um, sometimes I would just like kind of lie and say, oh, I'm, I'm in a relationship because the last thing I wanted to do on the job was have to flirt. I am no good at flirting. That's another job. Then it's crossing a real boundary. Like you're being paid. (laughs) That's a whole other job. So yeah. And I I was like, I'm not here to flirt or or meet anybody. With your friend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, but I I do have this weird knack of catching the bouquet. So um, I catch because you don't sacrifice. Like you are a bridesmaid fully to the point of like honesty. You're not like like if I was in your situation, I'd probably stand way in the back mm-hmm. to not catch it. So yeah. one of the other bridesmaids who right. are real friends would catch it. But you are just yourself and living your best life at these weddings. I try, but like, I swear to you, like, I don't even try to catch the bouquet. Like, I will stand in the it back. Like hits you in the face. Or I will stand <laughs> in like the most weirdest, like the On opposite the side. end. Very yeah. far. But yeah. I'm telling you, I attract this bouquet of flowers all yeah. of the time and I've caught it so many times and it's almost like a it's a great way for guys not to approach you because yeah. if you catch the bouquet they run what kind of guy wants to talk to you they yeah. think that you're like the one yeah. that's next yeah so it's a blessing and a curse and so do you sit at the bridesmaid table like if they mm-hmm. have a head table with a couple in the wedding party yeah oftentimes I'm up there with the whole wedding party I give a speech occasionally uh, so you give a speech. You've given times, speeches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So th- is that a whole other price point for a package? You know, it's not <laughs> because uh, sometimes it's very on the spot. I did I did a wedding in uh, Michigan and uh, the bride told me I wasn't giving a speech, but the DJ didn't know that. So he handed me the mic and uh, impromptu, I gave a speech about a bride I had never met until that day. Wow. I'm sure it was lovely, and you talk more about what you know than what you don't. I talk about what, yeah. And how pretty she looked. Of course. And how happy she was. Yeah, you know, um, and and what she teaches me about love, and that was a a very interesting wedding, because... um, I'll tell you the story. She, um, I worked with her for 11 months. We we spoke almost once a week on the phone. We got to know each other really well, and um, the night before the wedding... She calls me and she says, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, what, what? And she's like, I just want you to know the man I'm marrying is gay. And um, what? yeah, nobody knows. He knows. Like I know. they had an arrangement. Yeah, pretty for much. For religion or just um, because he didn't want? Their arrangement was she thought by doing this, she could help him come out. And uh, Oh, she was a fixer. Yeah. And he thought by her doing this, he can disguise 
it from his family and um, take care of her kid. Like it was just a very interesting situation. And wow, um, but you know, they were honest, like to each other. He's but like, nobody I'm else. gay. Yeah. Well, she she fell in love with him before she she knew that, and then um, she you know found out gradually through their relationship early on and decided to stick with it. Wow. Um, which that wedding taught me a lot about love and uh you know i think it, it really showed me that people get married for all different reasons and yeah you know you can't judge like i i, I get it i, I walked sure. into that wedding saying oh my god like i don't get it this is weird and then i left there saying i fully get it yeah it made sense to you it made sense i mean just because you're not sexually attracted to someone like i'm gay mm-hmm. i've I, I definitely love women deeply in my life yeah but i think sex is a big component yeah and um I, I think that in her case, maybe she was doing that some with somebody else on the Got side. It. A little but, open here, a little open there. Right, and this I think whatever worked was whatever worked. And this relationship to her, to summarize it, to her was safety and yeah. comfort in different he'd ways. He'd always be there for her. Yeah, and um, maybe you can't judge that. I mean, maybe we all yeah get married for different reasons and. Hey, a lot of the times it doesn't work out, but For sometimes sure. it does. So I mean, as they were open and honest, and that's all that matters. They both agreed to whatever it was. Yeah. So who can judge that kind of love? I, I agree. agree. But fascinating. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest. <laughs> and then all their friends must know. They're, everyone knows you're there, hired. No, nobody knows. So they don't even tell. A lot of the times the bride won't even tell the fiancé. their dirty little secret. Yeah, like a lot of times none of the friends know. The fiancé doesn't really? know. Really? I feel like if I was getting married, I would know who's in my husband's wedding party. Because yeah. if you're at my wedding, we must have met or had dinner or drinks. Otherwise, why are you invited? You would think, but I mean, come on. Sometimes people invite like hundreds of people. They, Everybody. They don't know. Like one bride had 400 people there. Oh my god! You know, and it's like, I think about it like... I guess I know all of my boyfriend's friends, but maybe I haven't seen them all or, you know, I'm not really thinking about maybe, maybe yeah. if one of them showed up, would I really question it? Sure. And would he true. really, you know, so it's like you think, you know, every single person, but sometimes it's not even a question, but sometimes they're open about it and they admit, you know, yes, I hired Jen, but oftentimes we have a backstory, how we know each other. I have a fake really? name. Really? Oh, you come up, you have a fake name. I can't give my real name because... I, she doesn't want anyone to know. Like when they hire me, oftentimes oh they don't want gosh. anyone to find out. So it's my job so not like to. So, like of the brides, what percentage wants you to be a secret? I would say like 40%. Want you to be a secret? Oh, so not a majority. Not a majority. Okay, but the ones that do mm-hmm. are like. This has to be a secret. You have no a backstory. So out. when they're like, yeah. how did you meet the bride? You have something to say. Something 100% rehearsed and ready. Um, oh, that's That amazing. we've agreed on beforehand. Of so course. if they ask so her. So both parties don't look both crazy. Both parties know, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's and insane. A lot of times, you know, of course, you make friends at the wedding. I, I love people, so I have so many friends I make, but you have to leave them behind because I'm not Jen Glantz. I'm somebody else, and they can't know that. So. I was going to ask you. Yeah. So, like, your contract, I mean, my contract ends at midnight, the day yeah. of the wedding, unless yeah. I'm doing the brunch, which is yeah. contractual. What about for you? Like, you leave the brunch, and you... Is you never talk to them again? I talk to the brides all the time, uh, you know, just ourselves. But um, the people I meet, it's hard to... The guests, you just can't. It's hard to have a relationship. I, I became great friends with a maid of honor once at a wedding, and um, she wanted to come to New York. And, and I thought to myself, how? You know, she'll come to my apartment, and in my apartment, I'm Jen Glantz. I'm not this other person. And yeah. she'll meet my friends, but I'm not this and and it just gets it's a whole web it's a whole web and my facebook and um that's the hard part is when you leave the wedding you leave everything behind and yeah. you don't always want to no that's crazy so yeah. you don't accept any of their friend requests on facebook they don't know my name but they, the brides oh the brides don't want to be my friend because they don't want anyone to see oh i friended jen Glantz, the professional bridesmaid <laughs> okay. you know <laughs> yeah they don't want that okay so they that's like a nice that. safety yeah. net for you yeah wow that is so insane so when is the movie coming out oh like, obviously this is a movie i'm a <laughs> rom-com wish, maker for some reason like rom-coms are on the decline yeah i totally know i, I don't know. i'm like every time i go to the movie theater i'm like i don't want to watch that i don't know. I know where's my cheesy rom-com but this is a rom-com i know and what would happen is you would be a bridesmaid to hire it's a secret yeah and you are single and you meet the man of your dreams but you can't give him your real name yeah. it's like a modern day cinderella it is and oh. he has to find you because he doesn't know anything right? about you oh man so someone's gonna make this movie i agree I i'm know. gonna say i came up with the yes, idea you'll get some money i'll for go it. to the screening <laughs> the premiere you know i i would love this to be somewhat of a reality show in the sense that um 
it's so weird and there's so much story to it that's real I mean I think that life is, is stranger than fiction so I, I could see this as a reality show with brides who agree to hire me and then reveal at the end or something like that like yeah I think that that might be better than a scripted TV show or a movie, but I don't know. I mean, I'm open to anything. I think the story is one that I want people to to see, understand, yeah. and, and be comfortable with. So how long have you been doing this? Oh, it's been about two and a half years. Okay. And you have a book. I do. I have a book that comes out in February called Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. And I decided to write it because I got asked all the time, like, what are some of your craziest stories? And yep. I was sick of telling them and I wanted to tell more about what I learned from my weddings and my brides because mm-hmm. from people and that's, from love. That's more interesting than what's the craziest thing. I mean, there's some of that in the book, but sure. a lot of this is what I learned from starting a business and what I learned from my, you know, rocky love life and what I learned from getting on a plane and, and flying to a random city in the middle of nowhere to be yeah. a bridesmaid for twenty four hours. That's crazy. So the book comes out in February. Yes. And where can people buy it? People can pre-order it right now for a discounted price uh, on Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. Um, I would love to give everyone listening to this podcast a great deal. So if you buy the book and you email us, uh, I'll give you a copy of my first book, All My Friends Are Engaged for Free. So kind of like buy one, forget one. Book? Yeah, I wrote a book in 2013 about... Um, Before my, you started this business. Before, about my humorous life as the only single girl when all my friends were jumping ship and getting married. So, okay. Um, happy to give that book away for free to anybody listening to just this podcast uh, who buys the the new book. That's so crazy. Well, thank you. That's such yeah. a sweet offer. So you have come full circle in being a writer, yeah. not of poetry, yeah. <laughs> unless you open with a poem. Oh, goodness. <laughs> about love, which oh. wouldn't be far off. I mean. I know. Um, and then you wrote a second book, yeah. same publisher or totally different? Totally different. The first time was um, self-published and uh, with, the, with thoughtcatalog.com and mm-hmm. um, the second book uh, was thankfully published by Simon & Schuster, which Huge. Um, was, yeah, it was a totally different experience. I got about 37 rejections before I got um, a yes. So Wow. So you pitched your own book. Uh, I had a, a book agent okay. who um, you you know pitched the proposal and it's a whole show of rejections, sure. but um, finally got a couple people to believe in it. And I'm really excited because it's very raw and honest and people look at this job like, it must be glamorous. You wear yeah. a dress, you drink champagne, but it is literally anything but yeah um i leave there with bruises and battle scars and um i'm excited to share the real deal in this book about that yeah life. that sounds amazing well thank i'll you. have to read it yeah, of course i mean i you. of course want to hear all the stories are yes. you doing an audiobook i am okay because that's probably more what i'll do it's gonna be seven hours long which i'm wow. like that's crazy but oh you know i but think that'll right. be fun yeah <laughs> like one you're in the subway that's like a week very you true could kill it in a week you're right yeah okay interesting yeah. so the book the audiobook Bridesmaid for Hire, I still just can't get over that this is a real job and that you're doing it. Yeah. Because you've gotten some sort of press and notoriety, are there knockoffs? Are there other people? <gasps> can You You can't trademark the job you're doing. You can trademark the name. Yeah. But are there knockoff versions of you? So surprisingly, one of the cool things is I've had about 15,000 women apply to work for me as a professional 15, bridesmaid. 15,000? And I say women, but I'm sorry. I mean women and men who want to work Everyone. for me. Yeah, and I think that's really awesome. So um, I'm going to start training them to be able to start their own bridesmaid for hire business and um, there have been people who have tried to copy it but I don't think they fully understand the business so sure. I don't I don't know how well they're doing but um, I want to be able to teach people and train people how to do this on your own so you're um, going to franchise the business yeah they're you, not going to work for you as someone that can be hired from your website sure I have a couple people on my team already yeah. who are doing that but because there's so many people interested that's crazy I'd rather empower them to start their own thing sure um, so that's something that I'm going to be to doing. use their own voice and to yeah. speak their own go language. for it like yeah. it's a weird idea let me teach you how to actually do it so that yeah. you can be successful and I feel like there's a niche for whatever anyone wants yeah. like somebody maybe wants a gay of honor sure. somebody wants oh God, someone who's married idea. somebody wants yeah. someone who's single it's a great idea and I think we live in a world where anything flies I mean yeah. Well, look at this 2016 has proven us that anything is possible. So we might as well make our own opportunities and <laughs> do crazy correct. things. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why is everyone else doing that? But we're not. Yeah, that's totally true. So how many bridesmaids dresses do you have? <laughs> God, my mom uh, will be mad at me for this, but I ship them back to Florida. So in my house in Florida, I have a ton, but I have like 20, 30 uh, behind me in this, in this garment bag. That and then more at home? More at home. 
And, oh, but I give them crazy. away to my friends. So if I have friends who oh my go God, to weddings, your size. yeah, or even if they're not, because some of these dresses That's are so big, small. So sure. my rule is, if you borrow a dress, you have to keep it. You can't bring it back. I feel like that's also a good extension for you is like bridesmaids, dresses, and gifts. Yeah. Like connecting or partnering because you obviously help them with that, yeah. right? Well, there's a great uh, nonprofit called Operation Dress where you can uh, donate your bridesmaid dresses to military wives to wear to military balls. And if you're going to do anything with your dresses donated that way, uh, because you're never going to wear them again. Yeah. Um, and they're going to rot in your closet and they're not very cute you're not gonna really ever you know try to wear them sure so, you're not gonna repurpose yeah that. don't if you have bridesmaid dresses you're never gonna touch donate them to some cause that will take them please because other people you know your trash is someone's treasure and that yeah. that works with bridesmaid dresses yeah. so no, absolutely donate them and when they hire you to be a bridesmaid do you have to bite your tongue when it comes to taste because i wonder if it's not always eye to eye like mm-hmm. if somebody loves something super gaudy and over the top yeah. and you're sort of personally maybe more understated yeah. how does that work sometimes they'll ask for my opinion like oh will you go bridesmaid dress shopping for me which is fun but you know sometimes they pick out the dress and and send it to me to wear and I tell myself listen it's eight hours you can wear anything for eight hours you're getting paid also yeah but it's like you know um you just put on the dress and you make the best of it and you kind of laugh about it later yeah but you so social media though you can't really like yeah. post these weddings on Instagram. I will post perhaps like photos. details. Yeah, like I'll post a po- photo of just myself later on, or mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if the bride doesn't want to be in it, you know, she's not. Of course. So. Um, and you yeah. don't have these like weddings on your website, right? Like if, sometimes if they'll write me testimonials, I never use last names. Sure, because um, it could be Michelle. It could be any yeah. from anywhere. Oh yeah, uh, or sometimes they'll say, "Can you just change my first name just in case?" But of course, um, if they want it to be a secret, I really, I really work overtime to make sure that that happens. And you should charge more. I know. I'm really bad at charging. I'm you. helping you. Here we go. <laughs> we all are. When you love what you do, it's hard to find that. But there, otherwise, there's no balance. There's not. It's like, really hard when you're the business and you are the business. Yeah, you're you know? the HR, you're, you're the everything. admin, you're the payroll, you're, yeah. you're the everything. It gets very awkward. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, is there somewhere you, like, do you go international? I haven't yet, but I've had international clients, which is always really fun. Um, but I've gotten to travel all over the U.S., which mm-hmm. is really cool to get to see the country. Um, and I hope to do a wedding outside of the country soon. And do you just like stay in whatever the room block is or do you have like, I have to fly first class and stay at a Starwood property? <laughs> I wish. I'm like, I'll fly, take the train. I've driven. Oh I've, my gosh. God, I've, I've like almost pretty much like backpacked there, you know, and yeah. I sleep anywhere, whether it's like, I've sometimes slept in like the bride's house with her the night before, like mm-hmm. on the couch or um, a hotel. I mean, I'm, I'm not really picky. Yeah. Uh, I'm too low maintenance for this kind of job. Like Got I, it. I can do anything. Oh, Cause when I worked for the sorority and I had to go from house to house, I was sleeping on the floor you were literally sleeping anywhere. yeah so I've kind of been like broken down of being this like I need <laughs> a military hotel. version yeah, of yeah. travel I'm like a good person for this job because you can just put me up on like a couch with a pillow and I'll be yeah. satisfied so what would be um as we wrap up here what sure. would be sort of the biggest misnomer that people would think about your job that maybe this is a good opportunity to clarify so earlier it's not for as I yeah. thought like sad lonely people who have no friends of course maybe that's a subset of sure, your market. Yeah. But what else is there that maybe you want to dispel or clarify? I would say that it's not as glamorous as it looks. Mm-hmm. And uh, people always say, oh my God, you wear a dress, you drink champagne, you get to eat the food. I don't do any of that. I wear the dress. I'm running around like a mad woman. You don't I'm, eat the meal? I don't even eat the food because I'm so busy. You're making sure she's eating. Right. Or- so half the time I don't even do that. I 100% don't drink. Um, at all? At all. That's yeah. like in your contract or you just, I just personally? don't. I personally don't. Okay. I, yeah. I've just gotten like really boring, but I don't, especially at a wedding, I would yeah. never. Um, and I don't, I go there, it's a job and I'm yeah. there to support and it's not a wedding crasher. It's not, it's not glamorous. So I think people will look at this job and be like, oh, it's the best job ever. Yeah, Cause you basically are on the dance floor killing it. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it is, is being the party starter. I've had mother of brides yell at me, say, I need more people dancing. And yeah, do they want you to be the hype girl? Yeah. So my job is to go over to the table of aunts and uncles from the middle of nowhere and be like, let's dance. And you know, that's, that's hard work. It's, it's energy. It's, it's energy. so much work. And it's, 
being able to to relate and talk to people of all backgrounds, mm-hmm. which um you know is is very hard, and you have to really be a people person. So yeah, uh, you know the the job comes with its its list of difficulties, and I love it. Uh, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon, but um, it's it's really the kind of job that I walk away from every wedding, and I learn something new, but I also need a good twenty four hours to recover. Oh, absolutely, your body, your mind, your soul. Yeah, it's hard, and no, no one like. And then I was tell like a recap of the wedding to my friends and my boyfriend, and they just are like, I don't even believe this is real. You know, yeah. I remember texting my boyfriend during the the cold feet wedding where she wanted to leave out before five minutes, and he's like, Are you kidding? Like, what are you supposed to do? You yeah. know? Uh, so it's definitely the kind of job where you go to work and you don't know what you're gonna expect. You literally every day is fresh every and different. day yeah but you're in wedding season right like you're like you're off for a little while yeah this is the time when people are you know getting engaged uh-huh. and starting up uh, for next year so um i've booked weddings as far as 2018 but um yeah you know this is definitely the time where people are inquiring more about all the wedding vendors and sure. um which is great i think it's i think it's a great time for everyone to relax but also step up their game wow this is so fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Because I think what I do, you know, similarly, the work is the same, the logistics, the relationships, but on your end, like you're being a guest and an employee yeah. and a best friend and professional and sometimes undercover. Yeah. <laughs> like you wear a that's lot a of hats. Lot. That's yeah. a lot. It is. It really is. And um but I think that's why I love it. Like yeah. I had these jobs where I sat at a desk uh-huh. from nine to five and check worked in, for somebody else yeah. and what do you walk away with at the end of the day yeah um maybe you get health insurance benefits and, and things like that sure. that you know are expensive on your own but uh, this is more rewarding even though yeah. it's um it's insane well you'll never have a, a lack of stories that is true people always ask me what are your horror stories right. and i say as a planner if <laughs> i had horror stories then i'm a really bad planner right then you right? get a business <laughs> then i've done a really bad job right. but you on the other hand have the stories don't plan it so no. you get all the stories everything which is what's in the book yeah um which people should buy yeah either download it audio or buy it online yeah um and where else can people find you on social media people can find me at at jen glance that's on instagram twitter g-l-a-n-t-z yes jen glance uh twitter facebook you can email me at jen glance at gmail.com happy to answer any questions uh you know give you the free book if you buy the new book would love to stay in touch sounds good well this has been so much fun thank you for coming over thank you so much for having me yeah all right bye thanks bye weddings ish Dear Jove, part of the podcast, we got one question this week from Alyssa out in San Francisco. Hello, Alyssa. And Alyssa out in San Francisco asks, Dear Jove, what if I just don't want to have a wedding? Does that make me a bad person? I'm not sure, but I really am not into all this. What should I do? Well, Alyssa, not wanting a wedding does not make you a bad person. I think the bigger thing you need to think about is, are you happy to marry the person who's proposed to you? And if the answer is yes, and you're in love, then you can definitely elope. You can have a small dinner party. You don't have to throw a big, huge, lavish affair uh, to sort of affirm your commitment to the person that you love. But if you're not in love with the person that proposed, then no, you shouldn't get married and you shouldn't have an elopement. Um, You should be honest. And although it will be really hard in the beginning, it'll be better long-term for both of you. So best of luck. Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, listening, and downloading Weddings-ish with Jove. It means the world to me to have you uh, listening and supporting this podcast. If you have any questions about wedding planning or any topics you'd like us to cover or anything uh, you'd like to hear about, please send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.